right? It's all about His praise, and that's why we come, come here is to, is to praise, praise His name together. Well, open your Bibles with me to uh, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to be looking at some familiar verses this morning. And uh, through most people's, or through most of our study Bibles, they usually have this section of Scripture outlined and kind of just the title of it called The Great Invitation. And so this is Jesus' great invitation. Now, everybody listen. Well, I'm sure I'm glad he gives an invitation, aren't you? Now, when we're looking at this scripture, we're going to see that uh, this invitation is, is to the Christians as well as it is to uh, the lost. And so there's an invitation to anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's an invitation to come. And we'll be looking at verses 28, 29, and 30 and seeing exactly what he's saying in that text. But it's also to those who are lost. It's, it's to those who, who, who've made every excuse in the world not to, not to, to call upon him and to believe by faith through the grace of Jesus Christ uh, to come because it's, it's not too late. If you're breathing, it's not too late. When God does the calling, it's not too late to come to him. Everybody say amen. And so I tell you, I, I, I love baptisms, but I love baptisms because today represented two people that didn't care about what anybody else thought, and, and they got rid of all pride, and they got rid of everything, and, they, and, 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 and Jesus said something, and they responded by faith to him. Boy, that's why I love baptism. We saw some people got saved, everybody, and that's just exciting. I, I tell you, I'd love that thing to be, I'd love to do that every Sunday, wouldn't y'all? And I know that's what all of us would love to do. Right, but here we find ourselves in uh, Matthew chapter 11, and so let's just talk about this before we read our text. And so, why did Jesus leave the glory, the the worship of the splendor of his heavenly home, to become a man? Why did Why did he do that? Why did he Why did Why did Jesus leave? Paradise, the, his heavenly home, the place of splendor. Why did he leave that and come here to be a man? Why did he limit his attributes as God to take the form of a simple carpenter? I mean, do you understand that? The kenosis of Christ, he emptied himself. When he, when he left heaven and came to earth, he emptied himself of those attributes. Why did he do that? Why did he bear all the sin of all humanity on his sinless soul and die with it on the cross? Why did he do that? Why did he loose the bonds of death in his resurrection? Well, you know, the Bible answers these questions simply in many passages. He said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came from heaven. That's why he came from the splendor of heaven. That's, that's, why, he, that's why he forfeited his, his attributes, because he come to seek and to save that which was lost. He come to seek and to save all of us, ladies and gentlemen. It says in John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Boy, that's a promise from our Savior. Do you need to hear that this morning? He says in John 11.25, Jesus said unto her, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's why he did all that he did, you see? The prophet foretold his reason for coming in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. Look at it. It says, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is, what? None else. (laughs) Man. 
And then the last chapter of the Bible contains this in the invitation in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. I don't believe I have that on the screen for you. But Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, listen to this. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Listen to me. This invitation, all why he did what he did, it's free. doesn't cost you anything. I'll accept your surrender to, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see? See, right now this morning, there's an invitation to all of you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you're like J.J., and you profess the name Jesus, and you was brought up in church, and, and you knew the name Jesus, and you had it here, but you didn't have it here. And God just, just like he told J.J., you don't, you don't have it here. You, you, didn't, you didn't do it all the way. You just had it up here. And, and then finally J.J. said, okay, you're, you're right, Lord. Okay, I'll come all the way. And he did. Maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you've got it here, but you don't have it here. And, it, and, and, and you haven't swallowed that, that pride and become humble because the Bible Bible tells us that we got to be humble and come before Christ for salvation, right? Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe it's, maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's really true salvation. Maybe that's the invitation for you this morning. And maybe for the rest of us, and probably the most of us is, is man, we just need help with our sin. We need help with our anger. We need help with our yelling. We need help with our thinking ill about other people. You know, maybe there's just the invitation for us to come and just to say, say, God, I'm honest about my sin. And Lord, I, I, need, I, I need to take that yoke. I, I need you to put it around me. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here and your invitation is that life has just been dreadful. It's been overwhelming. The burdens of life. Maybe that's what it is, and you just don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what to do is you answer the invitation of Jesus Christ. Because when you come to him as a humble person, his yoke is easy, right? And we'll see that here in a minute. Well, look with me and look, look at the invitation. I want to put this, this verse, this, uh, these, this scripture into context for you because we've got to know the context to understand um, exactly what this invitation is talking about. But I just want us to start in verse 25, then I'll go backwards here in a minute and just put it into context for us. And it says, chapter 11, verse 25 of Matthew, it says... <clears throat> At that time, Jesus answered and said, all right, so there's all kinds of detractors, detractors, and, and they're just all against Christ here. I mean, they're just, you know, he, Jesus curses three different places. And, and um, when we went to Israel, when he, when he cursed these, these, these three places and we got to go to Israel, we went, we went to some of these cities. And you know what? What Jesus curses is cursed because to that day... Nothing, it's all in ruins still, and nothing's built on top of it. You see, you go to Israel, and, and there's ruins underneath everything, but they built something new on the, something that was old. But Jesus cursed those three places, and you, if you go there today, nobody's built anything. It's cursed. I mean, Cherizim, we went there, and, and, and the, 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 nothing even grows there. It, Jesus, I mean, you know, he, he went to these places, and, 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 and everyone um, was detractors against him, and they, didn't, they wanted him to leave, and they, none of them accepted Christ, and, and he cursed that place. And then so he says in verse 25, at that time, Jesus answered and said to these detractors, to these prideful people, he says, um, and he says, this is what he says, and he prays. This is a prayer, okay? 
You got it? This is, this is his answer to all of this, his prayer. And he says to God, the Father in heaven, the triune God, he says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto what? Babes. Even so, Father, so he's praying, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. What does that mean? We'll talk about it here in a minute. Neither knoweth any man the Father except the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Then here's the invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall, and, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you for this invitation that is certainly so true today for all of us. And Lord, I pray for all of us in this room that whatever step it is, and Lord, whatever, whatever invitation, uh, Lord, that we need to hear this morning and to respond to you, Lord, I pray that we'll put all things aside, that we, we don't try to be wise, we don't try to be prudent, we don't try to be sarcastic, we don't try to play any of this stuff off, but that we just surrender, totally surrender like a babe to you, Lord, and that we, 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 we get to where you want us to be in your perfect will. Lord, there's an invitation every single day, every minute of every day for those who believe in you. And all we have to do is to come humbly before you, Lord, and to, and to adhere and to come to that invitation. We give you praise for it. Lord, I pray most of all if there's one here that's not saved, that's, that if they died today um, and, and they, they would go to hell, Lord, I pray right now that, God, that you'll just allow the Holy Spirit, allow the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place to just... To just Prick their hearts, Lord, and, and call them today. And, Lord, I pray that you'll just, you'll just bind everything from away from them, Lord, that they'll humbly accept that and come before uh, their friends and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, point number one this morning, and uh, let's put this into context. And so let's look at our Lord's great prayer here in verses 25 and 26. I want you to see that there is a purpose of the prayer in verse 25. Now, I, I think this is important for us to see. Please take notes because this is very important. Notice that all that was going on, that Jesus stopped to thank God, the Father. The word thank here means to acknowledge. Now follow me close here because this is important. If you don't catch this, you're not going to catch the rest of it. The word think here means to acknowledge. It means to profess. It means to pray. It means to agree fully. Now before we can understand this prayer or this praise and this thanksgiving, we must understand its context here. And at the beginning of the chapter, understand this, is that Jesus receives a message of confusion and doubt 
from his forerunner, John the Baptist. And you go all the way back to John chapter 11, verse 3, and we find John the Baptist in prison. And he tells his disciples, and he says, hey, uh, go find Jesus. In verse 3 it says, and ask him, are you the one we are looking for, or do we wait for another? I mean, you know, uh, John just got confused. And so, and, and then Jesus in this chapter, then he compares the generation of people who rejected both him and John as spoiled, contrary children. And he goes even further by pronouncing woes of judge and judgment, like I said a while ago, of, of these three cities, because they're indifference, even in the midst of his mighty works. And, and in this text, it says that Jesus went to these places and he healed people. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He cast out devils. I mean, it was right before him. But these people were too wise and they were too prudent. They knew more than God did. And, and so they rejected Jesus Christ. They wouldn't come out. And so he cursed those places. And so in the midst of all of this, in facing that serious rejection... In John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And he came unto his own, and his own, what does it say? Received him not. He was rejected. Jesus found rest. Now, here it is. Here he is in this place, and he's 100% man, but he's 100% God. And he's being rejected. He's being rejected. He's being rejected. He's being rejected. And in the midst of this rejection, what does he do? He praises God. He goes into prayer and he praises God. Now, I think Jesus is our ultimate, ultimate example. Don't you think so, church? And, you know, sometimes I guess I get disappointed that, you know, that more people aren't getting saved. How about y'all? I mean, don't we sometimes get disappointed about life and no matter what it is and life gets full and life gets heavy and, and we, maybe we witness to somebody or, or I don't know, whatever it may be, but, but just in general, don't we get to be disappointed people sometimes? You know, people disappoint me. Sometimes you guys disappoint me and I'm, and I, and I don't want to, but maybe sometimes I disappoint you, but here's the thing is, is that when we're disappointed people, you know what we should do? We should be just like God and we should just, just pray and praise God. Thank God for all that he's done and for all that he's going to do, because that's what helps us when we're in disappointed times. I mean, here's Jesus, our greatest example, and he's being rejected by all these peoples and all these cities and all this has been, he's doing. And all he wants to do is see people come to him because he come for his own. He come for the Jews, but the Jews rejected him. And so what does he do? He just says, thank you, Lord. And what does he say in this text? Look at what he says in, in verse 25. He says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord in heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto the babes. So that's, so he's thanking the Lord and that's what he thanks him for. Now, it's important to be a thankful person. Now, notice the reason for his prayer. And we find that also in verse 25. And Jesus thanked the Father that he has hidden these things from the wise and prudent. Now, the wise and prudent. Now, everybody listen. This is, our, this is a sarcastic jab, okay? This is a sarcastic jab at those who are wise in their own eyes. And first, let's understand uh, what that does not mean. What this does not mean. It does not mean that people who have great intelligence and intellectual gifts... That doesn't mean that they can't be saved because some of the smartest people in the world are born again believers in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't mean that if you're smart that you can't be saved, right? 
So Jesus is rather speaking of those with intellectual pride. For this shuts, for this, for this shuts people out of the kingdom of God. Pride keeps people out of his kingdom. And they do it to themselves. They take their understanding and they take their intelligence, which are gifts from God, and they pervert them by pride so that they become a barrier to God. You know, Romans chapter 1, verse 22, it says, professing themselves to be wise, it says they become fools. That pride, you see it? But rather, Jesus says that God has revealed these things, the truth of the kingdom. Notice what it says to babes. Babes are the antithesis of the wise and the prudent. And, and though one may be highly educated and extremely intelligent, listen, he must become a babe, totally dependent on the Father before that person can be saved. All right, do we get it? Let me, let me just put it out to you because, because I've had so many conversations with people, and, and just making some application here, and 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 the Holy Spirit's working, and and they and they hear and they see the Word of God, but they just won't take that next step and go forward and give their lives to Christ and call upon Him to be their to be their Master and Lord and Savior. Because why? Because they're they're letting that pride, that intellect, that whatever that is, they're letting that they 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 pervert it with this pride, and they don't. Come all the way, and they never accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. For some people, it's like they're like they're like, okay, but I have a question about this. You can't have questions about it because God says it's a mystery. You're not going to understand it all. I mean, I've had someone in my office just three weeks ago, and they said, if if I could just have these answers, then I would get saved. Well, you know, you got to come as a babe. It's by faith through grace. And, and again, it's a mystery. We're not, we can't understand it all, but when God calls, we just got to just be like a babe and just understand it and just, and just attach ourselves to Christ and be dependent, spiritually dependent. We can't be, we cannot be intellectually dependent. We've got to be spiritually dependent. You see the difference? I'm not going to get saved being, being intellectual dependent. I'm, I'm saved by being spiritually dependent. That pride just gets in the way. I mean, people all the time, well, if I disunderstood this, then I would do it. You know, if, 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 if this was different in my life, I would do it. If I would have never done this in my life, I would, have do, I, would, I would do it. If I would have never done that, or that hadn't happened, or if that person wasn't, this Christian wasn't so like this, then I would get saved. All of that stuff is being intellectually dependent, and that's prideful, and you're never going to come to God. You got to get. We have to get past that. Everybody, Amen. I don't know what excuse you're using, but I can tell you this this morning: that there's an invitation for you. An invitation that will take you further than you ever thought you could go. That'll give you more blessings that you thought you could that that you didn't think you, you could have. I mean, that's a relationship with God. There's an invitation for you. And you got to come to him, the Bible says, as, as a babe. That's why Jesus prayed this prayer. All those people in Capernaum and Chorazim, they just needed to come to him as a babe. But instead, they took, they took all their intellect, they took all what they knew, and they perverted it, and they become pride. And Jesus cursed them. You know, the Bible says that we can reject Christ enough in our lives that he'll give us over to our own reprobate selves. Now, for us... Brother David, we never stop. We never give up on people. 
and we don't know what God and how he does it. That's also a mystery. But I can tell you this, is that that, if, if that alarms me because, because if God is speaking to you today, it's possible that he may not speak to you a year from now or a week from now. And again, I, God's will is that all men shall be saved and, and none shall perish, but all should have everlasting. That's God's will. But he knows that some people's not going to do it, and he'll just turn that person over to their reprobate self. So that invitation is today. We don't know what tomorrow is. All we know is, for all we know, the rapture can happen today, and all of us will be taken out of here, and then the Holy Spirit's gone, and then what do you have? There's no guarantee in that three and a half years of peace and three and a half years of terror. There's no guarantee. The only guarantee of invitation is today, right now, this minute, in this service. And if that's you this morning, I'm just saying this because I love you and I want to go to heaven with you. And I want you to have all the blessings you can have. But you've got to get rid of that pride. You've got to quit making excuses. And you've got to come to Jesus Christ on his terms. And that's being spiritually dependent, not intellectually dependent. You're never going to be smarter, God. I want you to look at this next phrase because I think this really, if you look at it and you understand it in its context, it just kind of blows, blows your mind. It blows my mind anyways. Number two, verse 27, we see Jesus' great revelation. And verse 27, it, it lets us know that only the Father truly knows the Son. Now, I, I want you to, we're babes, right? Everybody, we, we got to be babes here. Um, because many of us have studied Scripture for so long, I, I, maybe we think that we, we have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I, I don't know. And maybe because we have this certain walk with Him and, and pray through Him and speak for Him, we assume that we really, 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 really know Him. But I want you to know, however our knowledge is of Jesus Christ, it's limited. It's limited because He's omniscient. And we're not. Our minds cannot comprehend him. Only a divine mind can truly know Jesus. And so sometimes we think that we can just be as smart as God, or just as smart as Jesus, and that we think we know him. We think we have this whole thing figured out. But I just want you to know from like what I said a while ago, you don't. His mind is, his, his mind is infinite. Our minds are finite. We cannot truly understand and comprehend all those things. All you have to know is that there is an invitation out there for you. You're not going to get it all figured out. You can't truly know everything about him. You just got to come to him as a babe. You got to be spiritually dependent upon him. We see here in this invitation, not only the Father truly knows the Son, but um, the Father has given Jesus authority over all things. I, I, you got to know that. And you see, you got to see this. In verse 27, um, what are the all things that the Father has delivered to Jesus? Let's examine that just for a minute. I think that's important. What, what all does Jesus have authority over? John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24. I'm not sure if I have that up there for you, but it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him, this is Jesus speaking, that sent me has everlasting life. Everybody give the Lord a hand, huh? Has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Glory, hallelujah. I, because I know Christ, I shall never come into condemnation. In other words, I will never be held responsible for my sins. 
Because Jesus died for him. And here it is, here it is. But it passed from death unto life. So the authority is that Jesus has, has life over life and death. So what does God give Jesus authority over? <laughs> life and death. Life, it's important to man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. And so we're talking about that second death, that judgment, that one of eternity. Jesus has power over that. And so that's why that there's no other name in which man is called to be saved under except for the name of Jesus Christ. Allah's not going to get you there. Right? Works aren't going to get you there. It's only Jesus Christ and his finished work at the cross because he is the one that God has given authority over life and death. How about Matthew 28, 18? Here's what it says. And Jesus came and he spoke unto them saying, look at it. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. (laughs) He has all authority, Allison, over all of heaven and all of earth. Yes, Jesus has been given all authority. He's been given, he's sovereign. He doesn't need your help. (laughs) That's what sovereignty means. It means that he's got this. He don't need your help. He's got it. We just need to be spiritually dependent upon him. He's sovereign. He doesn't need your help. A lot of times we think he, he needs our help, huh? He doesn't need our help. He just needs us to be spiritually dependent. And however specifically the things of which he spoke was the truth of the kingdom, the very things that the Galatians had rejected him and many are rejecting today, and that he's the only way. He's not a way, he's the only way. Amen? Well, number three. Number three. This is it. And here's the invitation. So he prays that prayer to the Father. And then here's this this great promise, this great invitation, this, this Jesus' great promise. And number one is I believe that we're all called to come to Jesus. We see that in verse 28. And the reason people sin, the reason they are depressed, the reason people are de- depressed, the, the reason people are in despair, and I believe that the reason that people are hopeless is that they do not know the Father. And they do not take part of this invitation no matter what it is that they need to come to him for. The context will tell us that the key to true joy and peace and happiness is to what? Is to come. Come to the Father through Jesus. Jesus says that all who labor and are heavy laden, he says what? He says they're to come. And this is an invitation to both saved and unsaved. Heartfelt worship versus the superficial And babes are to come. Not pride. They can't come. But the babes, they come. John the Baptist was to come. The unrepented cities were to come. The wise and the prudent, they're to come. The sinners are to come. The hard to love are to come. You name it, you name it, they're to come. The mothers and the fathers and the children of all ages, they're to come. Jesus calls all to come and to come by faith in the one who has power over all things. And life and death are to come. And you know, salvation, again, it's only found in Jesus Christ and nothing else. And so what is the burden that causes us to labor and be heavy laden? You know what it is? It's the burden of living outside the will of God, and that's living in sin. And whether it's the sin of unbelief or whatever sin it is, 
And for you and me, we are not saved. If you're not saved, the most powerful prayer you can pray is a sinner's prayer for salvation. The most powerful prayer that a saved can pray that has sin and burdens, I think is from Psalms 143, verse 10. And here's what it says. It says, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprighteousness. We come to repent, you see. We come to repent. When we come to Christ, he gives us rest from the struggles. And we please God by coming and being spiritually dependent upon him. That unsaved prayer, Father, forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is God. And I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. And I believe that he died for my sins. And Lord, I repent for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to come into my life and to be the Lord, Master, and Savior of my life. That's the sinner's prayer. And you don't do it from here, but you do it from here. And he says his yoke is easy and the burden is light. You know, a, a, a yoke was used on an animal, you know, to keep them, you know, contained, right? He says his yoke is easy. He's not an awful God. Can I have an amen on that? He's a good God. He's a loving God. But you got to come, and you got to come as a babe. You got to, all that pride has got to go, you see. And so, again, that yoke, we're to come to him, then he gives us what? Rest. And notice that we're called to learn from Jesus in verse 29. And how can we learn from Jesus? By studying his word, our spiritual growth, going to our base groups, coming on Wednesday nights, and just whatever it is, using right now media at your very home, whatever it is. Your spiritual growth, that's your rest, everybody. Did we get that? Some Christians don't have any rest because they don't have any growth. you got to be in God's word to have to, to grow and you got to grow to have rest. And so the result of the obedience is perfect rest. We see that in verse 29 and 30. And unlike the law, which was harsh, the Old Testament, Jesus, it says here, is gentle and he's lowly in heart. Aren't you glad about that? Say amen. And instead of heaping un, un, unfulfillable legalistics upon us in him, we find rest for our souls. And Jesus says his yoke is easy. Again, he says it's, it's easy. The burden is light. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not, what, grievous. Hey, listen, God is good. Amen. There's a great invitation. And if you're here this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, then today is the day. Today is the day. You hear me? Today is the day. Today is the day. We can't wait for tomorrow. The invitation is here. It's now. It's for you this morning. And then, church, if you're a Christian, there's an invitation for you as well, too. Whatever that is. God's here, and, and, and again, like we said a while ago, usually sin is attached to it, and we just got to come to him and, and take his invitation and just give it to him. Let him take it away from us. Amen? So that's our invitation this morning, and I, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will just work upon your hearts as we have our time of invitation. Now, if we can, let's just stand to our feet, and we got a video about